Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! Would you like to be happy, joyous, and free? Would you like to put your head on the pillow at night and know, even though you've done a lot of dumb things like I do every single day, ah, there's some measure of vindication because you are going through life without killing. And that is achievable by simply switching to a plant-based diet. And so we don't really have to worry about um a lot of the horrors once we stop committing them. So uh, I want to introduce you to an amazing guest, Elizabeth Alfano. Uh, She is a vegan media maven who manages to get on all sorts of social media platforms that other people can't seem to get on, mainstream media platforms. Take it away, Elizabeth. Tell us about your journey. Hi, everyone. It's wonderful to be here, and I just can't underscore what Jane said enough. First of all, thanks, Jane, for having me on. Uh, But I can't underscore what Jane said enough. When I went vegan three and a half years ago, I knew it'd be great for my health, and I knew that I wouldn't be supplying dollars to companies that I didn't believe in, and I knew that I wouldn't be personally committing to the killing that I see. What I didn't expect is the weight that would be lifted off my shoulders. I didn't expect how great I would feel. I, in other words, I didn't realize how much eating meat and dairy and contributing to that entire system was weighing me down. So I just can't underscore that enough for Jane, which is why I think one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is uh, how you can spice up your recipes so that they don't have to have meat and they're just as tasty. So I brought along my bag of spices, and of course, we're also going to be talking about 2019, Year of the Vegan. I have some really encouraging stats from the Good Food Institute, uh, so I'll be happy to talk about those as well. So tell me about your journey. How long have you been vegan and what made you decide to go vegan in the first place? Yes. Okay. So I have kind of a unique story. I feel that I was looking for a way. This is going to sound so silly. I was looking for a way to be vegan my whole life. I've only been vegan for about three and a half years, but I've been trying to get vegan my whole life. And what I mean by that is as a kid, I couldn't chew meat. I just, of course, I didn't know the details and I didn't, you know, see the media clips, but I just knew that something was wrong. I couldn't chew it. I didn't want that in my system. I would often gag at the table. I would refuse to eat meat. And my parents, who are wonderful people, whom I love and adore, they panicked because they had succumbed to all the media that, you know, you have to eat meat, you have to eat meat. So they're like, oh my gosh, our kid's going to die. So they punished me pretty severely. So I would have to stay at the dinner table by myself for two, three, sometimes four hours. And of course, I didn't want to do that. That felt horrible. So I would take the meat and I would hide it in my pockets or I would hide it under the table or I would scoot out the back door and throw it out. And they caught me lying. So then I was sent to my room and punished. So in my head, as an adult even, I thought, I have to eat meat. There's no way around it. This is how society works. And I was always kind of moonwalking out of, you know, if we're at a party, I'd be the one saying, oh, I'm not that hungry today. I'll just have some vegetables or, you know, but I was always sort of shamed by by this and was just kind of looking for approval because I'd been so heavily punished as a kid. And then my nephew went to the University of Oregon. He's an athlete. And he came back from the University of Oregon, his first trip back to Chicago, the Midwest, where I'm from. And he said, my coach said, no meat, no dairy. And I was, was just dumbfounded. I was like, oh my gosh, you got permission? You have official permission to not eat meat and dairy? I've been looking for that permission my whole life. I was vegan before he finished his sentence. So uh, it took me a while, although I really wasn't ever participating in any kind of major way, but it took me a while to have that confidence to say, that's right, I'm vegan and I have never looked back. Wow. Yeah. That is such an incredible story. And it just shows you, you know, you don't have, it's like sobriety. Mm -hmm. I got sober when I was 39. Um, Do I wish I'd gotten sober when I was 20? Well, sort of, but they tell you in the program, shoulda, coulda, woulda, do not regret the past or seek to rewrite it, but let your experience be a source of strength and hope for others. And so it's the same thing with veganism. We're going to take a very short break. We're here with Elizabeth Alfano, awesome vegans. 
And she has many, many vegans because she does many different things with many <laughs> different people. We'll take a short break here on Voice America Radio, and we will be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel do you believe that being fit is difficult do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym it doesn't tune into have it all with devin alexander devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. We're here with the amazing Elizabeth Alfano. She is an awesome vegan. And I want to ask Elizabeth about her unique ability to get this issue on mainstream media, because one of the big frustrations in our movement is that, you know, we try to talk about this, the most important issue of our time, and we can't because... Uh, the media simply will not talk about it, even the most progressive media. So, uh, Elizabeth Alfano, I want to ask you uh, to to really um, give us a sense of your strategy and how you uh, go live on all sorts of mainstream media about this issue where nobody uh, else manages to be able to do that. And again... Just sort of reintroduce yourself so we know exactly who we're talking to and about. Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Alfano, and I do work in the media as a mainstream journalist. And, of course, all I'm talking about is plant-based issues. So I have a podcast called Awesome Vegans, and I'm also on WGN Radio, and I'm a plant-based expert on a lot of different guest radio shows. And I've been doing uh, plant-based cooking demos on television. WCIU TV, shout out to you, and WGN TV, shout out to you as well. I was just on the Fork Report. Oh, how I love those people on KFI, iHeartRadio. And I've been doing some work with uh, freelance work with KCRW, but always as a plant-based expert. So um, I've been able to get that message out there. It's it's sort of um, arrows by a million directions, if you will. So I do think the buzz is out and people are hearing about this. So they're... You know, social media has done us enormous justice. And so people, I think, are ready to hear it. So I think I'm sort of the right person at the right time. But there's something about what you do, Elizabeth. And here we are um, in our studio taking seizing the airways, as it were, also known as my living room. Yes. And uh, we even have a, a, a co-host here, little Rico, who is always involved. But... We're doing what we can to get the most important issue of our time out by hook or by crook because the 
abrogation of the responsibility of mainstream media, which should be covering, covering this, this, but is not. And I'm even talking about progressive liberal media. They, they will talk about the climate change marches, but they will avoid the signs that say go vegan. They will talk about um, the Green New v Deal, but only in political terms, not in terms of or emissions or CO2, but they never talk about the leading cause of what's killing our planet, animal agriculture. How do you manage to get that issue on mainstream media? Well, so I always lead with the statistics, which are good for people's health and um, our environment. And then when I'm there, I'm able to talk about, you know, um, just read the UN climate change report. It says in no uncertain terms that we need to stop eating meat and change our agriculture system. And I think you can talk to any farmer and also realize that as well. So I'm, I'm always very ready to talk about this, but I don't lead with it. I start with it. And then when the conversation is going, I'm able to bring it to the forefront. And so I, I, I also have a smiley personality. I do think that that helps. And then I just, my story about how I've enjoyed it so much and I've been waiting my whole life to find a way to go vegan and how that's really lifted pressure from my shoulders. Um, and then kind of a final approach, as I said, it's an arrows from a gazillion directions. I do have a podcast called Awesome Vegans and it's basically 80% celebrities and that's kind of celebrities under a wide umbrella. So it might be chefs, it might be actual movie stars, it might be musicians, comedians, politicians, athletes. So I do try to bring in people who are plant-based, are vegan, and we talk about their journey and how a plant-based athlete is now performing much better than they were before, or a politician has changed their perspective, or an economist, or a musician, or a comedian. I'm trying to get one of the original founding members of The Cure to be on my show. Shout out. He's vegan. He's been vegan for decades. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, he's been on my show, he's vegan. There are a lot of folks out there who are vegan and you just never knew about it. So I try to bring those very mainstream stories, mainstream names that we all know to the forefront so that they can share their vegan journey. And that's always fun for people. So it's an easy access podcast, Awesome Vegans. It's easy access into the plant-based world. So it's not too in anyone's face. But I think as a journalist, I just lead with the facts. And once I'm in that conversation with the facts about um, environmental statistics, and I've got some great facts that I'm going to share with you today from the Good Food Institute, you know, that's just a normal conversation that I can have with people without emotion. And I think that helps as well, just bringing people into my sort of warm circle because I do like to smile and I'm not here to make people feel bad and I'm not here to attack people. I'm just here to find a solution and I think we all are, particularly anyone who has children. You have to be interested in a solution, one would think, if you are interested in handing over the planet in any sort of decent uh, situation to the next generation and your grandkids as well. So I think people are ready to have that conversation as long as they're not accused or attacked. And so, as you say, it's not about where you were, it's about where we're going. Yeah, but you know what's really interesting, Elizabeth, is that the people who should care the most, the parents uh, are often the ones pushing me the hardest, pushing me the hardest because they've been programmed to right. think that their children somehow need to eat dead animal flesh in order to be healthy, which is the exact opposite of the truth. Yes. Processed meat, which is how a lot, millions and millions of kids eat a lot of meat, is officially cancer-causing. World Health Organization. And that, that, that doesn't seem to get out. Even after the World Health Organization uh, made that d announcement, which was not based on, oh, you know, a couple no. of people. This and it was a while on, ago. Yeah. The New York Times still still puts mm -hmm. a meat hot dogs on the cover of its newspaper. Yes, and I have a, a, a rationale for that. This is not an excuse for those people, but this is a rationale for why I think that was and why I think that no longer will be in the future. When you tell people that there's a problem and you don't have a solution for them, they just get befuddled. But see, we have that solution now. We have plant-based meat alternatives like we never had before. So that's a very exciting thing and just since the World Health Organization, Jane, what was that, two years ago? Was that a year and a half ago? Maybe yeah, a year ago? Like but it was a while ago. It was a significant time. You're talking, that's just when Beyond Meat was coming up and the Impossible Burger as well. And we might get into it later, but at least on my website, ElizabethAlfano.com, I've got great recipes about how to turn previously what you would have done with a meat 
recipe, how to make that plant list, the spices, the alternatives, uh, natural alternatives, or even the plant-based alternatives. So we are here on Voice America Influencer Simulcasting, and you've got your uh, co-host right here, Little Rico, who's a strain from Puerto Rico, um, and uh, we are basically simulcasting on Voice America Influencers and uh, Jane Unchained Facebook. You have... We're here with Elizabeth Alfano of Awesome Vegans. She's an awesome vegan activist, and she she breaks through these barriers with her charm and her wit and her relentlessness to get on mainstream media and talk about veganism, which is really hard to do. Um, so kudos to you for making that happen. Elizabeth, you have some facts from the Good Food Institute. I do. And Tell I, us. I've got them off the top of my head. First, I'll say... Brad Barbera, Director of Innovation, is the one who has supplied me with all these facts from the Good Food Institute. And hey, oh, coincidentally, he's also on episode 27 of Awesome Vegans right now. So you can get the whole interview with him by going to ElizabethAlfano.com or iTunes or YouTube. Uh, it was originally recorded on Jane Unchained. Shout out Jane Unchained. Uh, but it is up now, episode 27. So you probably all have heard that 2019, as decided by The Economist, is the year of the vegan. And here are some interesting stats. Some of them are from 2018, but some of them haven't even been updated yet, and they're from 2017, so they would even be bigger today. I'll start with my favorite fact. Grubhub had plant-based orders up 19% in 2017. So Say not that again. Grubhub, the delivery food service business, their plant-based orders were up 19% in 2017. And we all know that 2018 was a huge year and now we're into 2019. So that number is going to be even bigger. So the amount of people who are tuning in, thank you social media for making animal welfare a top priority, because I think people are finally putting it together. This is an industry I want nothing to do with for my health, for the environment, and for animals. Nobody, Republicans or Democrats, when given the opportunity to vote for animals at the ballot, they all choose, probably the only thing they agree on, they all choose to better the living standards for animals. No one wants to see animal cruelty. That is a bipartisan issue. And that's why there have been ad gag laws keeping people from information about their own food supply, keeping information from you about your own food supply. So thank you, social media, for bringing those images out. People are starting to make the connection for their health and also for animals and the environment. So 19% of Grubhub orders up, and that's 2017. That's for plant-based. That's for plant-based orders. Yeah. Like just delivery, hey, Grubhub, bring me some food. Plant-based orders up 29, up 19% in 2017. So plant-based food in general in 2018 was up 17%. So that just means your average household, your average person who's trying plant-based food, and that might be plant-based cheese or plant-based uh, hamburgers or even milks. It's the whole thing. That was up 17%. Now, plant-based... Okay, you got to say this twice because this is amazing information. Say that again. Okay. In 2018, plant-based food was up 17%. So, you know, their percentage just coming off of a smaller base, obviously, but up 17%. That shows that people are interested in what that translates to because the numbers don't lie, which is one of the reasons I've been able to get into the media. What that translates to is grocery stores are starting to make money off this, which means they're starting to give it more real estate. So one positive fact, stat, begets another. So we're going to, I'm looking for new grocery store uh, real estate stats. I don't have any of that yet. Now that's just plant-based food up 20%, up 17% in 2018. Now, plant-based meat specifically, so we're talking the Beyond Meat patties, this kind of thing, Light Life, I Also Love You, Upton's Naturals, which is Seitan, it's a plant-based meat alternative. Plant-based meats specifically, and of course, there are other companies, Tofurky, I Love You, uh, they're up 23%. Woo! So plant-based meat. Beef. Say it again, because these are huge statistics. Plant-based meat. Now, of course, we're talking percentages, so it's off of a smaller base. But plant-based meat is up 23% in 2018. Now, we're well into 2019, but for 2018, plant-based meats are up 23%. Thank you, Impossible Burger. Thank you, Beyond Meat. Thank you, Upton's Naturals, Tofurky. Uh, Light Life is out with a new burger, which is very exciting. A little side note there, Light Life is out with a new burger and that's going to also be sold in the meat aisle right next to Beyond Meat. So you're going to see the meat aisle start changing its real estate in the Dear grocery God. store. From your mouth to God's ear. They're going to be in stores for the grilling season. Yeah, it's coming go, in May. I had to go shopping yesterday. Now, I was at Veg, uh, well, it's vegan street fair. Unbelievably so fun. packed. 
Yeah. In North Hollywood, I would say, I don't have the figures, but there were tens of thousands of people yes. there. Yeah. And that is really huge. It's huge for our movement because it's a breakthrough. And uh, give a shout out to Jessica Shea. She's so well. awesome. She is so awesome. And she puts that together. A mother who, I, I say she gets the Nobel Peace Prize for uh, switching people to be and making it hit. It was mm-hmm. packed with, we had DJs. It was just an unbelievable party. And I do all my shopping, believe it or not, at those veg fests whenever I can for things like soap, deodorant, um, party favors, because we're having a, a little uh, a baby, baby, shower. baby shower for yes. a be- vegan baby coming on the scene. Oh, so and so I want to get party favors there. And so it's a veganity. I feel good when I support and I give money to people that I know are not going to use it to go out and kill animals or torture animals. So then I went shopping. And I went to various grocery stores, and I will say that they have vegan um, prominently. Guess as I walked yes, in, right. prominently yes. a vegan section. And uh, uh, you know, then I went to the back and I saw the meat, and I mm-hmm. saw the dead ends, and it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it isn't happening fast enough for us to fight climate change, Elizabeth. Alpha. That's absolutely right. Because what you say is, you know, you don't want to spend your dollars that are going to killing animals, also going to enormous environmental uh, degradation. So there's the chemicals that go into the, the land and the water spill off, and there's also all the feces. Just, you know, there are 7 billion people on Earth. Philip Wolin, the former vice president of Citibank, says, including fish, we kill up to about 100 billion animals a year. Oh, trillions if you include fish, I mean, it's, so it's, yes. you think of all the feces from all these animals, it's just in, incredible. Um, so let me give you some more statistics if you're ready. So this, I think, is fun. In 2018, menu penetration of vegan items is a little... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, the better. I'm a little slow. See, Mondays, Monday mornings are my... Okay. Uh, yes, I'm keeping it clean, Jane. Uh, the number of menus that have vegan items on them across the United States is 11.2%. 11.2% of all the menus in the United States have vegan plant-based items on them. So it used to be people would say, oh my gosh, we have a vegan in our group. Where are we going to eat? Or none of that. You can find a vegan option in a lot of places now. And of course, you could always have had salad before, et cetera. But now they're getting Impossible Burgers, plant-based meats. A lot of people are being creative with their own, you know, plant-based tacos, jackfruit tacos, these kind of things. Upton Naturals does a great jackfruit. So uh, 11.2% of the menus across the United States have vegan options on them, which is so great. As you may know already, or maybe have guessed, a lot of this change is being driven by millennials. Oh, how we love you. And Gen Zers. And Gen Zers, right back at you, Gen Zers. So one in four millennials calls themselves flexitarian, vegan, plant-based, etc. Um, I, I say etc. meaning they are moving towards or already are vegan and plant-based, and which you know is wonderful. What? I saw that at the climate march. Uh, once again, we are live with Elizabeth Alfano of Awesome Vegans, Hi. and you're here in uh, Jane Unchained Global Headquarters, also known as my living room. So here, I'm going to give you a little Rico for a second. Um, we're actually being very creative. Um, I'll be honest with you. We had a little bit of a problem with uh, our uh, live simulcast, so we said, okay, nothing's going to stop us. We are simply going to go live on Facebook via the phone and continue with our um, conversation on Voice America influencers. So uh, here we are, and you're getting a sense of what's happening. We're here with Elizabeth Alfano, uh, and we're talking about just the vegan movement. So we're on Voice America influencers radio, and we're also simulcasting on Facebook. So tell us what's happening, what else is happening in 2019? Yes, so it's very exciting. A lot of the growth is coming from the flexitarians. So you're seeing a lot of people not call it 100% black or white, but you're seeing people say, I'm just going to work in more plants. I'm just going to find a way to have less and less meat. And I always say that's wonderful because once you start feeling better, 
because, you know, obviously we're talking about mentally, you're feeling better, but in psychologically, you're feeling better, but physically you're going to feel so much better when those 50 year olds get the chance to have more energy to be with their kids and grandkids. When those millennials feel that they're not weighed down by Oh, meat just always makes you so sick. Everybody talks about it. Even the meat eaters, they always say like, oh, you know, now I have food camp. Yeah, yeah. I I watch the commercials, okay? I watch the commercials and um, it's like, well, you can plan for that uh, rib dinner at home and then you can plan for your indigestion. (laughs) But the uh, burger party at work that you didn't know was coming, you can't plan for it. So take this indigestion pill. And I'm thinking... What a sick society we live in that, that now they're just trying to keep your bad habits going but eat all these pills on top of it that have all these side effects so we can continue to make billionaires even richer. They're factory farming all of us. I mean, that is, that is the truth. The truth is that if you look at television today, it's either fast food or pharmaceuticals for the most part. Okay, an occasional car commercial, but mostly. If you watch cable news, it is absolutely shocking. It's fast food and pharmaceuticals. And, you know, if people can't connect the dots that first they're feeding you the bad fast food and then they're giving you the pills that are multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry. Well, you know, like they say, people deserve the government that they deserve. Well, you know, and and, and let me tell you this. Healthcare. You what I was in mainstream media for years. If I tried to bring up the issue of health while discussing healthcare, I was shut down. Literally, the host would say, We're no, you, we know you're a vegan, Jane, but let's talk about you know, single payer versus uh, universal health. They just want to talk about the game. They don't want to actually talk about why people are sick. And if you try to discuss why people are sick because of the sad American diet, the standard American diet, um, you're, you're cut off. Yeah, I think to James' point, to James' point to summarize this, A vote for animals is a vote for you. When you stand up for animals, you're actually standing up for your own health and your own environment and your own planet. When you take a stand, if you you are, let me tell you something, if you are waiting for government to speak out on behalf of you and your best interest for your family, oh, you're going to be waiting a long time. They so don't care about you. But when you take possession of your own life and you stand up for your environment, your life, your family and animals. And you say, this is not how I'm spending my dollars. I'm not spending my dollars to make myself sick. I'm not spending my dollars so that then I have to spend dollars on healthcare to, you know, address my illness. When you start standing up for yourself and you know the facts, and I think we all know them because you feel sick as soon as you eat this stuff. When you start standing up for yourself, that's standing up for the environment and animals, or the reverse is true. When you stand up for animals and the environment, you are standing up for you and your family. And I really love what you said about, um, and here, we're going to do this for a second. I don't know if you can see both of us, but probably. Um, we're jerry-rigging this today because uh, we're going to roll with it. But let me say this, is uh, we are really on the cusp the economist has said 2019 is the year veganism goes mainstream. How does it go mainstream? You raised the issue of reducitarianism. Now, uh, there was a book written by the amazing Kathy Freston called Veganish, okay? And that is an incredible book. And it basically says that it's not about winning a word. It's, if the word vegan were never uttered again, I could care less. Could I want to stop... The, the genocide, the mass genocide of billions of animals unnecessarily destroying our planet, torturing animals, making people sick. It's that simple. It's that simple. And so if you want to call it plant-based, if you want to call it whatever, it doesn't matter. And, and by the same token, if you want to reduce the entire number of animals killed, we have to be open to all sorts of ideas. Sure, would I like to wake up tomorrow morning and find out that everybody has gone vegan? Of course I would. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about climate change. We would be able to convert all the farms that are producing, uh, you know, the 70% of, of soy that goes into farm animals, the huge numbers of fish that are fed to pigs and fed to cows. I was just, we were just interviewing Paul Watson, uh, the Sea Shepherd captain, who's also the star of Whale Wars. He said, you know, it's not just humans eating the fish. It's all the fish that we're feeding to factory farm animals who aren't even designed to eat fish. 
And, and, and so if we just all went vegan tomorrow, wow, wouldn't that be absolutely extraordinary? But we have to be open to how it's going to happen and let our egos just go. So if reducitarianism is one of the, one of the highways, okay, we've got to get on that freeway. And so when I see restaurants like Tokai Organica offering uh, everything starts vegan and then you could put whatever protein you want, um, uh, I say, that's good, even though they screw up sometimes. And I was talking to somebody who said, oh, I, I asked for tofu and I got chicken. And she was livid. And I said, you know what? Okay, you let them know they're going to switch their system, but let's give them props for at least being on the journey. And so we get enough restaurants to, first, it's 11% of the restaurants that have vegan options, then it's 40%, then it's 60%. And then what you're going to have is the flip where most restaurants are primarily vegan. And if somebody wants to eat meat, there's going to be a little M. All right. Or maybe DA, dead animal. DA, DOA, dead on arrival. Okay. So that's another possibility. What do you think about that in terms of how that might happen? Well, okay. So you have brought up a lot of points and I want to kind of address them all um, if we can. Uh, So, uh, just just as you had said, a lot of the growth is coming from flexitarians, reducitarians. God love you. Every step is a step in the right direction. And once you change up your diet, I think, you know, once you know better, you do better. Once you feel better, you want to continue to feel better. And you don't realize how sick you were before until you start feeling better. So I think people are going to naturally just get meat sort of off the plate. But It is, and I'll just quote our friend Moby here, it is sort of death by a thousand cuts because it's not just that people are wanting to feel better. It's also that there are so many people on the planet, we really don't have the resources, water, land, enough animals, et cetera, to make enough meat for everybody anymore. So the economic equation is shifting. I had an off-the-record interview with Cargill, and they said that one of their main focuses is switching over to plant-based. They, they know the math. That's not the only thing they do, but they want to get all of their pillars in place for economic uh, success. That's, that's the bottom line ultimately for them. They want to have economic success in switching over to plant-based because they know that that's the future. And they said they don't know when it's coming, three years, five years, seven years, but it's going to switch and it's going to switch fast. And so if anybody has ever read Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, I think we're going to be getting there. Everyone says we're kind of there now. I, I think we're going to be getting there in that it's going to really go quickly because it just makes so much sense on so many levels. Susan Anderson says, so many meat alternatives, I don't miss meat at all. Oh my gosh, no, it's so yeah. easy now. Yeah, and you know, I still hear some people go, oh, well, I tried to give up meat and I felt weak. And one of the things that we really have to emphasize is that, you know, Oreo cookies are vegan. But if you switch out of meat and just eat Oreo cookies, you're going to not feel so great. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting about uh, the, and here we are switching it, so maybe we can, uh, oh, there we go, we can talk, both of us talk, but one of the things that, uh, and I love having a, a radio expert here with me, because she's adjusting, we're, we're, off, we're rolling with this, and uh, we're still going to go, we're still simulcasting on Facebook and Voice America. And we Voice will not America. be stopped. And I always want to thank uh, A-Rod, our incredible uh, man in the control yeah. room who helps us, he's very patient with me, I'm a nightmare, I'll just say it. And uh, Tacey Trump, who is our executive producer, who's so wonderful, and I thank Voice America Influencers for giving us the opportunity to talk about these important issues. But um, yes, Year of the Vegan 2019, but is it happening fast enough when you consider that we only have approximately 8 to 10 years, some people say 12 years left, before the ecological collapse? No, of course, no, but I think... I think you're going to see very, like in, in several years, as Cargill was saying, you're going to see it go really, it, it's not going to be, it's going to be exponential change. That's what I think, because we don't have time. It's simply that it's do or die at this point. We really don't have time. As you say, some people say 12 years, some people say 20 years, some people say eight years. Um, and that's just people. We haven't even talked about all the vertebrates on the, on the planet being obsolete uh, because there's just no land for everyone. Extinct. Because yeah. we keep, we keep, I mean, what, what population kills their own life source? We keep cutting down the trees and polluting the land underneath our feet 
that we need to grow things with. We need to drink the water. We need air. And we keep cutting off our own supply system. So that, of course, makes no sense. What's your thought on cell-based meat? Paige wants to know. Oh, I, I was going to ask you this, Jane, as well. Okay. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Um, I, I know that there are tweaks to be made. They're far from market, so they're still adjusting the product most definitely. But I'm all for it. Anything, I mean, it's still up to you if you want that for your own health, so you got to kind of think that through. But at least people will have the option without polluting their environment, without killing animals, and without cutting down all the trees. So a lot of the environmental statistics, it's not just the greenhouse gas emissions that everybody thinks comes from cow farts, but they don't. Yeah. They come and, from cow farts. the New York Times. But it's cutting down the trees. The New York Times constantly perpetuates this myth that the only thing that cows do is cow farts. When, you know, these are so, supposedly the best and the brightest, which I have to always remind people was a sarcastic title. Oh. Yeah. It was hmm. like, look at what the best and the brightest got us, the Vietnam War, the arrogant you know, blue bloods who thought they knew better than everybody else and mm. thought, oh, those people over there, they're not going to be able to beat us. We're so mm. smart. It, it, the first thing that the author says, which I think is so brilliant, is it's a sarcastic title. Mm. And today, the best and the brightest are missing the boat when it comes to um, understanding that it's not just cow farts. It's the fact that we're only 7.6 billion humans. And we are killing anywhere between 60 to 70 billion land, land animals, animals who produce so much feces and the blood and the bones and everything else that is, you know, uh, it, they eat almost 40 times what they produce as food. Right. So what Jane's saying is that we give them nine calories, they give us back one. They are a very inefficient mechanism for turning around protein, a very inefficient mechanism and as you all know, we do not have resources to waste. We cannot be inefficient businessmen. So business women, business people, we cannot be inefficient with our very valuable and limited resources. And we can't be inefficient with our own health either. So it's just an equation that doesn't work. So this is kind of death by a million cuts. People now know what goes on in factory farms. Thank you, social media. We don't have time anymore. We don't have the resources. We keep growing as a population. So this economic equation is not working for how we produce our protein. So I think a lot of reasons are just saying this is making this a change that's going to come very swiftly. What is your biggest challenge? What is your biggest frustration? One of the listeners wants to know. Um, that people are still kind of, people who consider themselves smart and leaders are asleep at the wheel. That all the information is out there. You do not have to work hard at all to connect the dots. And with such great things at stake, I don't even have children and I care about the next generation. Those who have children, such great things at stake. Why are they still asleep at the wheel? And I understand that a body in motion stays in motion, so it's just easier to do what you always did. But we have really easy replacements, tasty solutions at your fingertips. I'm, I'm baffled by that, why people can be so complacent. I mean, if you look at people like, I'm a huge fan of Rachel Maddows, okay? But she was talking about... Um, in a recent Thanksgiving, oh, my turkey was so big, we mm. couldn't fit it in the oven, and we're going to put it on the grill every year. And we actually had to do a video politely, politely calling her out on that and saying, you know, you're attacking the administration, as you should, for backing out of the Paris Climate Change Accords and for being climate change deniers, but isn't eating animals a form of climate change denial in itself? It's completely incongruent to consider oneself an environmentalist, say that you care about the climate change and the planet, and then be eating animals. It just doesn't make sense, particularly, and this to me is the most egregious part of that statement. Uh, so the reason that turkey is so huge is because it was given god-awful antibiotics to make it grow at an inhumane and illogical pace. You are ingesting, you think your meat isn't processed, oh my word, you are ingesting all those chemicals to make this bird suffer, obviously, but grow to illogical proportions unnatural so that portions. you can gouge yourself on basically drugs. I mean, you're eating so much drugs when you eat a bird that is 
unnatural like that. So I just, and, you know, they say the USDA says that the growth hormones are oh supposed word. to pass through the body of these animals before they're slaughtered. Well, do you trust your life to the USDA, okay. which every single undercover investigation that has shown things like down cows being dragged to slaughter, which is dangerous, and that's why it's illegal. It's dangerous for human health. And they still do the it. The USDA yeah. inspectors are right there asleep at the wheel. They, they don't, don't see anything. Yeah. So our, you know, but this is what, what has happened throughout time and throughout history. And I want to say we are here with Elizabeth Alfano, awesome vegans, and you are at Jane Unchained World Headquarters, also known as my living room. <laughs> I like to have a little fun with it. But to tell you that... Um, uh, when you consider that this is not brain surgery, figuring this out, what would you say to these liberal progressives? Um, you know, uh, we, we, we hear the conservatives, and I don't want to get political, but what I'm saying is people, let's forget liberal or conservative. Let's just talk about people who say they're environmentalists and who are holding mm -hmm. environmental town halls mm -hmm. on their networks, and they are not addressing this issue because... A, they eat animals, and B, look at the advertisers. What would you say to them? Why are you wasting your time? I would just say go home, everybody. I mean, I'm not here to tell people what to do with their lives. I'm not here to tell people what to eat. It doesn't work, so I don't, I don't do that. But I just say, like, this meeting's pointless. Just go home, everybody, because you're not addressing the real problem. So until you're ready to really address the problem, like the smart, intelligent people I hope you to be, go home. Like, why are we, I'm mean, not, that's, that, I would just say they're wasting their time until they look at the real culprit. And there's a tremendous amount of anger that happens when you try to call them on it because it affects their whole identity. Their identity is we're right, we're high-minded, we're on the side of justice, we're on the side of, um, you know, truth, justice, and, and the American way and environmentalism, and, uh, and yet they are literally creating the problem when they eat animals. I just try to lead with facts. I really, I try to not point anyone out or say you must change or can't you see. I just say we, the stats are here. The main source of the problem is animal agriculture. We must be talking about this or maybe we should just, you know, if you, there's no point in talking about the second, third, fourth items on the list like transportation. Animal agriculture in global with cutting down trees and, um, also all of the feces and the burps, et cetera. Um, animal agriculture is the leading reason for climate change. And if you're not, if you're going to sit in a climate change meeting and then not talk about the main reason. Or eat meat for lunch. lunch. That's right, as well. Or right. joke about yes. how, how you ate a giant turkey or how you love fast food. And the only thing you have in common with uh, people who are climate change deniers are love of fast food. I mean, I, I always say to people, okay, if you want to ignore the facts, go ahead. But these people claim to be people who are interested in facts. So, and I can't make them eat or change differently, but I do lead with facts. Like, here are the facts. I'm happy to discuss now, and debate the facts with yeah, you. Yeah, and so when you, do you get a chance ever to um, talk to people in the mainstream media about this? And do you, um, do you get like a movement, any movement in, in their, in their acknowledgement so usually when I go into a situation like this, <laughs> I'm packing. I bring Beyond Burgers because I start the conversation with, here's a burger. And then I let them eat that. And everyone's in a much better mood. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I bring, I pack them with me everywhere I go. Wow. Then I can say like, okay, well, let's sit down and talk. Everyone sees me differently then because I just brought them some food. Really, I, I lead with good food. I'm not kidding. To every radio show that I'll do, I'll say like, hey, I, I got some good food. I thought I'd share it with you. Mm -hmm. And it just starts a completely different conversation. I do, or a, a different attitude towards the conversation. And, and, you know, again, Moby, Death by a Million Cuts, people are hearing it. I know they're not reporting on it like you'd like, Jane, and I completely agree. But when I get other journalists one-on-one, -on -one, at least in the radio shows that I've been doing lately, I do get nods like, yeah, I've heard that before. Or, yeah, that makes in. sense. Shayla Amy says, I've been vegetarian for a year and three months, almost completely vegan for the past Woo! month or so. Go you! Go you! Woo! Yeah! That's wonderful. Great. That's so wonderful. happy to hear that. That's wonderful. Every single person says not only... You know, they say maybe a hundred. No, it's even more. When you eat a fast food hamburger, um, because it's processed meat from many different sources, you can be eating the body parts of hundreds of animals. That Absolutely. Come from all different sources. So you're saving thousands of animals. Yes. When you go vegan. And then you're also 
being a role model for others. I mean, yesterday at the vegan street fair, the number of people who were there with their mothers, with their cousins, with their brothers, with their sisters, with their friends, one vegan, five non-vegans in tow, getting the message. Yeah, that's, that's right. And again, social media, thank you. You never realize how your life touches others. Just by simply bringing the food that you do or having, you know, the, you know, your t-shirt or whatever, you never know how you affect other people. So you are saving those animals and potentially bringing someone else along. I just want to say one more thing before I whip out a couple uh, spices just to let people know how to dish up their own recipes at home. Uh, so, you were saying the USDA says that the antibiotics and the hormones are meant to pass right through the body. I will tell you, and I don't have this statistic at the top of my tongue exactly, so I'm just going to give it in general terms. If you look at puberty for girls over the last decade, if not like the last three decades, it used to be 11 and now it's like seven. So you tell me that the hormones pass right through your body with your seven-year-old in tow. Oh, my God. So, you know, I think... Imagine if you had uh, a a girl hitting puberty, it's your child, and you're wondering, oh, my God, why is she hitting puberty so young? Well, take a look at all the hormones. So that's just getting younger and younger and younger. So, again, if you care about your family and you care about your health and you care about animals and you care about the environment and you're looking towards the future... You know, we want to make our food supply better for us. And you now have a gazillion options. It's not hard anymore. You have a gazillion options and you're going to feel great about it. So, but if you do cook at home, now a lot of people don't, and then just go out and, um, and of course we're we're still on voice America radio. So we just want to describe these. All right, let's see. I am bringing out paprika. Paprika. So when you look at all, what makes meat meat? It's the spices. It's not actually the meat. It is the spices. So uh, paprika is one of my very favorite. I don't want to rustle too much because I don't want to make lots of noise. I've got hot paprika and sweet paprika. So yeah, I've got a bunch of different paprikas. And then uh, this is a barbecue seasoning. And let me just tell you what's in the barbecue seasoning. So we have more paprika, allspice, sugar, garlic, nutmeg, cayenne, pepper, herbs, and cinnamon. So, you know, a barbecue rub, you can turn anything into a tasty barbecue if you'd like. Um, Where's my... Oh... If I leave you with one thing today, it is cumin. 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 Cumin for humans? Cumin for humans is really the basis for me for all meat spice. That's really what gives something its meat. And I've done... um, So you're saying put that on the vegan meat alternative and you won't even know the difference. Oh my gosh, yes. So I make, for example, with Upton's Naturals, I make a... Well, I don't use cumin in this, but I do a Kung Pao nut chicken chicken. Uh, So that's very easy. I do a gyros with Upton's Naturals. I do with Light Life Ground. I do a great chili, and there's paprika and cumin in my chili. Um, I do a vegan meatloaf, which I love, with tempeh, which each serving of my vegan meatloaf, which is made out of quinoa and mushrooms and sautéed celery and onions and lentils and chestnuts, and then lots and lots of spices and a tangy tomato sauce, spices, uh, each serving, because it's got that tepe in it, uh, each serving has like 15 grams of protein. And the whole wow. meatloaf itself has like Woo! 60 grams of protein. So we haven't even talked about the conversation about where to get your protein, because you get oh, it from please. plants. You, know, you get that, it from plants. That's all a bunch of marketing plants. Yes. We eat more protein in this culture than any culture in the history of humankind. And, uh, you know, we're not healthier for it. Have you ever gone to a doctor and come back with the, oh, oh honey, I have a protein deficiency. It's just never. Yes, really silly. Um, so I'm not even going to pull out all the spices. Obviously, you're using basil and oregano. Obviously, you are. People, salt and pepper. Of course, you got that covered. Oh, smoky salt. You might want to consider smoky salt. Uh, so I love to have dried peppers around. So here's just a dried hot chili pepper. Um, and I crumble up the insides into my dishes. I like things hot and spicy. So, you know, these always make a nice visual, I think, because they're mm. just nice and pretty. But uh, for you radio people out there, I just have a jar here. It's an old olive jar. I just have a jar here. <laughs> putting the lid back on. Just have a jar here of uh, dried chili peppers. So, Well, I know you're a great chef, and you had a, a vegan meetup the other day for the Humane League, and it was just delicious super fun. food. Wow, yeah. super fun. Super fun. Yeah, so everything you do, I mean, I think we're both similar, and, and all of our friends that are who are vegan are similar in that we try to make everything we do somehow connect to compassion, whether it's a party, whether it's cooking something, whether it's just like... We're trying to wake the world up. I will say, and I know we're getting toward the end of our broadcast time. So, again, we're here 
uh, live with Elizabeth Alfano of Awesome Vegans, and uh, we are uh, jerry-rigging our live broadcast today uh, from Voice America Influencers. Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to the, to get to the end. Uh, again, um, we all have to do our part. Look at us. Nothing stops us. So we couldn't go live on Facebook today. We just whipped out the phone and did it anyway because animals are dying, you know, by the billions. They're being tortured and they're dying. And there's no reason for it except apathy and programming and somebody making a lot of money off of it. And uh, and so what are your final words? I think it's easy to – I think it used to be easy to close your eyes and say, I don't know what goes on in factory farms. But now everyone knows. They know and they can see it. And they know that pigs are smarter than dogs. They know that cows have family very much like humans do. And they grieve enormously when their babies are taken from them, which is just a life of impregnation and then being your baby taken, pregnant baby take, pregnant baby. It's a horrible life for dairy cows. People know this now. They're learning about the sentient beings. They're learning that for a while there in the 90s, it seemed like people thought that animals didn't have feelings and couldn't sense fear. Yeah, that was, and all the that was yeah, really a long time ago. Yeah. But people know this now. They know this now, and, and they've always felt badly about it, and they've closed themselves off. They know this now, and now they know that they also have options. You have wonderful, tasty options, so you don't have to be in that horrible cycle anymore. You don't have to give your money to companies you don't believe in who torture sentient beings. So you have a great future if you choose to simply change. All you have to do, one last word, if Jay wants me out, all you have to do, your fingers do the shopping in the grocery store. Keep on going over here so that rather than cheese, go to plant-based cheese. It's right there. Rather than milk, go to soy milk. It's right there. Rather than yogurt, go to almond yogurt. It's right there. Just switch Every a little bit. grocery store in America. And we have little Rico here. He's busy digging yeah. a hole here on this chair. Thank you for joining us, Rico. He says, yes, I, I'm your good luck charm, Mom. All right. Listen, guys, hopefully you can see us right here. We want to thank again Voice America Influencers, the amazing Elizabeth Alfano. This is the year of the vegan. Do everything you can to wake the world up so that we can survive as a species, that all species can survive. We, we live in a world of natural abundance. Let's stop all the killing and let's truly enjoy life to the fullest. Thank you so much. One last word. Hit me up if you have any questions or you want help going vegan. ElizabethAlfano.com and my podcast Awesome Vegans is on iTunes and Jane Unchained. Bye everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.